Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. It's great to be with you. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And, you know, today I want to do something a little bit different than what I normally do. I'm often commenting on the issues of the day uh, and current events when I start the program. But today I want to reflect a little bit on why we are where we are. Uh, there are lots of things to talk about, obviously, and we'll touch on some of those issues in the first half of this. And then I want to get to John chapter 19. Really want to finish up the Gospel of St. John sometime, uh, sometime in the next week or so. We've gone all the way, believe it or not, uh, since I started, we've taught all of the, the entire book of Proverbs, and now we're finishing up the entire Gospel of St. John. We're coming to the end of that. We've only got two more chapters left to go. So we've made a lot of uh, word progress, even though I spent a lot of time on commentary, uh, and I'm really pleased about that. But, you know, I was thinking about the utter confusion that we see in our politics and culture today. I mean, just, just utter confusion. I mean, think about this. California has become the most degenerate, the most totalitarian, the most divided state because they've not right now got a, a recall for their governor in the country. And their purported savior is a transgender man or woman or whichever. I guess, I guess that since Bruce Jenner has now been trying to, he's, he's become Caitlyn. I guess he's a, what is, is, does that mean he's a transgender woman? I guess that, because I, I, I frankly, I'll be very honest, folks. I can't keep this stuff straight. I don't know whether a transgender man is a man who became a woman or a transgender woman, whatever he is. He's the savior. He's the, the guy riding in on the white horse to save the state. And people are looking up to him. <clears throat> Sean Hannity's going to do an interview with him. Uh, and look, I don't have anything personal against Bruce Jenner. I really don't. I love him. I, he's, a, he's a man in need of salvation. He's a man in need of deliverance, mightily in need, in need of deliverance, because he's a man who thinks he's a woman. And I guess, I don't know. I, but I was reflecting on how do we get to this point of such confusion? How do, we, how do we get to a point of such degenerate thinking? And, you know, the Bible does say that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above everything who can know it. It says in the days of Noah that God looked upon people, upon mankind and saw that all the thoughts of their hearts were only evil continually. So it is quite clear from Scripture that without God, the heart is a desperately wicked thing. The heart of human beings are desperately wicked without God. And it is God and his word that restrains that wickedness, that brings us to a point of balance that defines for us what sin is and calls us away from sin, calls us out of, of sinful thoughts and, and words and deeds. But without that restraining influence, we just literally descend into the moral abyss 
And that is what is happening in, in many precincts of our country today. We are descending into a moral abyss where, I mean, you've got Salon Magazine and, and other places actually arguing that there's a place in our society for pedophilia. You've got the city of Cambridge, Massachusetts, saying that there's nothing wrong with polyamorous, I guess they call it polyamorous marriage. In other words, group marriages, two men, three women, uh, four men, seven women, I mean, one man, one transgender, one homosexual, one lesbian, whatever. I, I, and folks, I really, I'm not trying to be funny, but that's now illegal. That's now appropriate in, in Cambridge. That, that can be a marriage. And of course, as I've said all along, once you take away what God defines as marriage and you redefine it from a human perspective, well then, who says that your redefinition is authoritative? Why does marriage have to be between only two people? Who said, why? I mean, that, isn't that just simply an arbitrary limitation on the freedoms of people? And why, why can't it be three people? Why can't it be five? Why can't it be 10? Who says it's got to be only two? And if it can be between two people of the same gender, why can't it be between a person of a transgender and, and, and a lesbian? And a, I mean, it, it just, once you remove the, the strictures, restrictions, the, the moral walls that God has erected for our good, then you are off into la-la land. Once the boundaries are removed, you are off into the world of utter depravity. And as I was thinking about this, I thought of Romans chapter 1. It came back to me, Romans chapter 1, you know, which, by the way, you all know that Romans chapter 1 is actually outlawed in some countries. I don't think you can publicly read Romans chapter 1 in Canada. I don't think you can read it in England either. You might not be able to read it in France or Germany or any other. Yeah, I think it's, it's been outlawed. They, they've actually outlawed portions of the word of God that they don't like. I, I know that's what the left would like to do in our country because here again, I have been criticized by the, the homosexual activists for saying this, but they know it's true. They hate Christians. They hate Bible-believing Christians at least. They don't hate people who call themselves Christians and just go along with any old thing. That, that's okay. But Bible-believing Christians, people who actually believe that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of the living God, that it is the final source of authority for all matters of morals, faith, morals, and practice, in other words, for life, people who believe that, they hate them. And by the way, they hate the Bible too, because the Bible condemns homosexuality. It condemns all it condemns all expressions of sexuality outside the bounds of male-female monogamous marriage, which is the way God designed the institution. Well, Romans chapter 1, I think, explains to us how we've gotten here. You, you have... I mean, just think, think about this for a second. I just read an article this morning about an agency 
that wants to ban adoption. In fact, let me find that right now so you know I'm not making this up. I mean, you know I wouldn't make it up anyway, but, but just so you can reference, this, reference it and look it up. Um, it's called the Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Let me let me give you the exact name of this agency. Um, yeah, the Beth Bethany Christian Services, an adoption agency, has now determined that they will not place black children with what they call white homes. In other words, they will not place children of African ancestry, American children of African ancestry in homes of people of European ancestry or predominantly European ancestry. Because nowadays, you don't really know. I mean, people, people can have African ancestry and, Af and, and, and European ancestry and Asian ancestry all, all rolled into one. But, but anyway, for purposes of discussion, they are now going to not place black children in the homes, to, to shorthand this, of what they would call white families. Because such families, they say, are detrimental to children, quote unquote, of color. Now, here again, that the, I'm quoting them because now they equate being black with being of color. And we know that uh, of color, according to the left's twisted, perverse vocabulary, of color means anybody who is not of European ancestry. That's really what it means. But it's broadened to refer strictly to black people, I guess, when it's convenient to do so. Well, this is part of, part of what, what, what has happened in our culture is the left has just perverted language. They just, just perverted it, twisted it, and turned it into whatever they want it to mean. I mean, this, and, and see, because the mainstream media and everybody goes along with it, then, and the corporate world goes along with it, the entertainment world goes along with it, uh, when, when you're someone like me who refuses to go along with it, oh, you're an extremist. No, no, I'm normal. And I'm using vocabulary in the way it was intended to be used. I'm using words. I refuse to use words based upon the less perverse redefinition of those words to further its own political agenda. I mean, there's homosexuals I guess lesbians is a proper term. I guess transgenders is a proper term. Gay is not. Because gay means happy and carefree. It doesn't mean homosexual. But the homosexual community grabbed that word, appropriated it for their purposes. You know, everybody, the, the left is all concerned about cultural appropriation. We ought to start a new movement called being against vocabulary of misappropriation. That they take, vo they take normal vocabulary and they misappropriate it for their perverse purposes. So Bethany Christian Services, Christian Services will now no longer uh, allow black children to be adopted by white families. But on the other hand, on the other hand, any adoption agency in the country pretty much today that says we will not place children with homosexuals because that is not a family by our definition, by our Christian definition. It requires a male, a female, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife in the bonds of holy matrimony. That's the only circumstance into which we will place children. All such agencies in including 
Catholic adoption agencies have had to close their doors because it's no longer, quote unquote, legal to discriminate that way. Yet that's exactly what the children need. So that there's the perversion. They, they, it, it's okay for an agency to say, we will not place children because of differences in the complexion of their skin. But we will place children with homosexuals where there's either no father or no mother. And I mean, does that mean we're going to place them with polyamorous families too, where you got two fathers and three mothers and, and two or three in-betweens? And I mean, basically what we're, what we're trying to do is, what, what they are trying to do is raise a generation, a raise a generation that are as monstrously confused as they are because then they feel better. There are other people around them that are confused. People like me who are not confused at all about gender and not confused at all about race. There's one race, the human race. We make them very uncomfortable because we won't buy into the stupid vocabulary garbage that they're spewing out there. I won't buy into the plural pronouns for some individual. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a perversion. You're one person, unless you're filled with demons and you want everybody to know it. You're one person. Why would I call you they? But you got the whole world buying into it. Oh, oh yeah, 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 you can't. Because, and if you don't, you are misgendering someone. Here's another, another made up word, misgendering. No, God gendered them before they were born. And if, it, if it's a male, it's a male. If it's a female, it's a female. And they are misgendering themselves when they think they're a man in a woman's body or a woman is in a man's body. They are misgendering themselves because of their own psychological confusion. Romans chapter one says this. Uh, and we won't read the entire chapter. We'll begin at verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. See, all this vocabulary twisting is an attempt to suppress the truth. You twist the vocabulary because you don't want people to be able to get at, to know, to understand, and to embrace truth. So you cloak lies in, in, in altered vocabulary to camouflage the lies. I mean, the fact of the matter is, homosexuality is, is a, is, a, induces all kinds of problems in a person's life because that's not what God made them to be. But you, know, you say gay because it implies, oh, we're the happiest people in the world. It's preposterous. What they are doing is suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Transgenders aren't committing suicide in large numbers because they're not accepted by society. Look, there's a whole bunch of people who don't accept me. I'm not going to commit suicide because I know who I am and I'm grateful for what God made me to be. 
I'm not ashamed or uncomfortable because I happen to be an American of African ancestry. I'm not ashamed of being American. I'm not ashamed of having African ancestry. I've got some other ancestry in there too, but I won't get into that. I'm saving that for the right moment. But I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of any of that. I'm not uncomfortable with any of that. I've got people write me nasty letters on a, at least on a weekly basis. I'm, that doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not, oh, I, you know what? I don't know that I want to live. I'm being bullied. I have people say ugly, ugly things about me. They're trying to bully me. I'm, I'm, I'm so bullied. I could care less. People are, they, these folks aren't committing suicide because of what people think about them or, or society. They're committing suicide because they're messed up on the inside of their heads anyway. And that becomes, because they're, they're not comfortable in, with who they are, that becomes a way of trying to get out of their dilemma. But see, I don't care what people say about me. I'm comfortable with who I am. And, and, and who I am and what I am is rooted and grounded in the word of God in my relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am at peace. I sleep beautifully every single night. And I'm not a perfect human being, but I have an advocate with the Father, even the righteous Jesus Christ, who is the propitiation for my sins. So, all that suicide and all that psychological angst, that's not coming out of society. That's what they want to blame society. Oh, so if we just change this and we just change that and we just call him they and we just, you know, don't refer to Bruce as Bruce, refer to him as Caitlin because if you do, he might commit suicide. I mean, that's crazy. And they, frankly, they're crazy, if I may use that non-clinical term. My, my, my mental and your mental and psychological well-being should not ever be based on what people think of you. Particularly if you're a Christian and you know you have a relationship with God, the only thing that matters is what he thinks of you. And you already heard me say yesterday, I'll tell you what he thinks of you as a believer in him, as someone who has surrendered your life to him, what he believes uh, what he sees in you is he finds no fault in you. You have been made perfect by him. So let's 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 get into this. Uh, we're taking a little break. We're going to get back to John chapter 19 uh, probably tomorrow. But uh, but this, this is what the Lord laid on my heart for today. It says, um, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Now look, you know how it's manifest in you and you know how God has shown it to you? Because you, I don't the worst sinner in the world, you, you look in the mirror, you look at yourself, you think of your own consciousness and creativity, you are a reflection of God. You were made in his image and in his likeness. Now, you may be far from his righteousness and far from his holiness and far from submission to him, but you still bear the imprint of God's hand creating you, of God's breath being breathed into you. So it says, God has shown it to them. 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Wow, how can something invisible be seen? It's seen in you. It's seen in the cosmos. The heavens declare the glory of God. The front of it shows forth his handiwork. It says, For the, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Being understood by the things that are made. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Nobody's going to stand before God and say, no, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Lord, this is not fair. I didn't know. What about those Aborigines? What about those people that down there in the jungles of South America, in the rainforest? What? Oh, please, believe me. Nobody's going to stand before God without, with, with an excuse and say, wait a minute, Lord, now, I did not get proper warning because God has reached out to every human heart and testified to every human being by the cosmos around them that they can see, by the, the reflection of their own being. That's, see, this is, why, this is why the theory of evolution is such a demonic thing. Because what it's really trying to do, see, they would say, well, you're not, see, the dead, see, that E.W. Jackson, he's anti-scientific. He, he, he's, he, he may have graduated from Harvard Law School, but he's an ignoramus. He doesn't even believe this theory of evolution. That's right, I don't. Because I didn't come from any monkey. I'm created in the image and likeness of Almighty God, and so is every human being. But you see, if you deny that, if you don't believe that, if you reject that, huh, guess what? You are left to degenerate to the level of an animal, and that's exactly what human beings would do without God. It says, because although they knew God, or knew him how, they, they knew that there was a God. They knew it. You can see the proof of it. We know when somebody, when Stephen Hawking is supposed to be the most intelligent, intelligent man in the world, I think he's supposed to have the highest IQ of anybody on earth. So they tell us anyway. I don't know if that's true. But when Stephen Hawking says the universe created itself, I think to myself, well, in that area, he must have an IQ of zero. Because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The universe created itself. So really what he's saying is the universe is God made itself, and then made everything else. It's just, because, he, look, here's what they are doing. They are in rebellion against God, and they will come up with any cockamamie, ridiculous, absurd theory in order to try to get around the existence of God. They'll twist themselves into pretzels, trying to somehow make it reasonable to say, all oh, this just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. It made itself. It did. I mean, you, you've got to have BBs for brains to believe that. And as I've said, some of these people who are experts in one area, and we think because they become successful or wealthy or famous or whatever, because of their expertise in one area, we think they're smart in others when they're really just as dumb as rocks. I, and you, you name it, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, the great Oprah. And people just, oh, they hang on her every word. And Oprah is just as stupid as she can be. I mean, she's very smart when it comes to entertainment. Made a lot of money doing it. 
And I suppose if one wanted to figure out how to make a successful television show, she might be somebody you want to, you want to talk to. But if one tries to figure out how to live a decent life, I wouldn't talk to Oprah. She'd be the last person on my list. A woman who said, thinks she transcends marriage. That's why she shacked up all her life and never got married. I'm, I'm, I, I've grown beyond that. No, you're just an abject sinner in need of salvation, in need of repentance before God. There's anybody who has a God that they have to believe in is have, has the wrong God. Yeah, that's what Oprah said. Jesus didn't come to die on the cross for anybody's sins. That's the wrong idea. <sighs> Lord, have mercy. That's why I don't listen to these idiots. They're fools. I don't even watch their entertainment productions anymore. I mean, even Tyler Perry. I mean, not that I've ever been a fan of Tyler Perry, but even he, he because he's a needle threader. Got to make his Hollywood buddies happy, you know, and bob and weave. and Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, too. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. I, I don't see the fruit, but maybe he is. I'm not the one who, know, who gets to make that ultimate judgment. I'm just saying, I, I don't see any fruit. It's like people criticized me once when I said, you know, the, the idea that Barack Obama's a Christian is laughable. Oh, you, would, oh, you wouldn't believe the nasty responses I got. And my, my response is very simple. Well, show me the fruit. Where's the fruit? We're lighting up the White House in rainbow colors to celebrate homosexual marriage. That's the fruit. Um disrespecting and dishonoring and dumping on the nation of Israel. That's the fruit. Being one of the champions of, of being able to abort a child born, of being able to kill a child born alive because it was intended to be aborted and therefore the original intention of the mother and the doctor must be fulfilled, which means that you can legally kill the child. Is that, that's the fruit? You got a bunch of these people claiming to be Christians going to bust hell wide open because they really don't know God. They know a religion that they call Christianity, and they, even that is a bunch of stuff they made up. I mean, Jeremiah writes, no, Jeremiah writes not a Christian. The guy that Barack Obama sat under, he's not a Christian. Jeremiah Wright is a pulpiteer. Jeremiah Wright doesn't know God. You can't know God and spew that garbage he spewed out of his mouth. I won't go on, but you get my point. With, I won't go on with the, the listing of names, but you get my point. It says they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, their, their hearts became foolish and darkened because they thought that they knew more than God and that they would be their own God, and they would establish their own morals and their own rules and their own ideas, and their foolish hearts were darkened. In other words, they could not see, even though they think they can. It says professing to be wise. See, they think they can see. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Um, 
you know, one of the things that Elijah Muhammad did now and in hell, but formerly of the nation of Islam, was teaching the black folks who were stupid enough to follow him that the, when you look at the black man, you're looking at God. No, you're not. When you look at any human being, you're looking at someone made in the image and likeness of God, and that is not unique to people of a particular color skin or particular ancestry. That was a lie out of the pit of hell because he was saying white people were devils and made by the devil and black people were gods and made by God or his God. And all of it was just a bunch of lies. Change the glory of the incorruptible God. God is spirit. And he came in human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. But they turned God into an image made like corruptible man. God is a black man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You know, you got the tree huggers now and the people who they, I, I, I interviewed a, a, a PETA person one time and I said, if you were driving down the road, you got a squirrel on one side and a baby on the other in the middle of the road and you had to make a choice to hit one or the other because your brakes weren't working, which would you do? And he said, that's an impossible choice because they're both equal. That's what he said. The squirrel is equal to the baby. The baby is no more important than the squirrel. See, that's squirrely thinking, by the way, if you will forgive the pun. <laughs> but that's what they made the image of God like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Worshipping nature. Mother Earth. Earth's not my mother. God is my father. The earth is the place upon which I live, the planet on which I live. That's it. That's all. And yes, I believe that there's a, a, a responsibility of stewardship in human beings, but I don't worship Mother Earth. I don't celebrate Earth Day. But that's the reprobate mind we're getting to. That's the darkened understanding of things. Because here again, as I've said before, it's kind of a, a, one of the, I, I, I believe one of the great insights God has given me, revelations God has given me about human beings and the way we conduct ourselves. And I've never heard anybody else say it, but I'm sure other people have. But, but please remember this because it will help you understand when you see things that just, well, what, what, what is, human beings were designed by God. Every human being, even the, even the atheist, the, 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 the chiefest, the worst of sinners, the murderer, the rapist, the robber, every human being bears the imprint of Almighty God. Now, that the manifestation of that imprint is, is profoundly suppressed when certainly moral creatures, they create their own morality. They create their own rules, making themselves God and making themselves morally superior to others who are following the old antiquated, outdated uh, laws and rules of the Bible. And so you can actually have people justifying the most depraved, disgusting, sick, degenerate stuff and claiming themselves to be moral in doing so. I mean, you got right now, you got people 
with open marriages. In other words, they are serial, serial adulterers. They'll sleep with anybody they can get their hands on. Anybody who comes along wants to go that way. And you know what they'll say? This is better for our marriage. This makes our marriage better. See, we're superior to all those stupid people who believe that marriage is, is monogamous and that the vows of marriage require faithfulness within the bonds of marriage. We're superior to them because we've got a way of making our marriage even better. We can sleep with whoever we want. See, they, the, people develop their own moral code and their own moral code is straight out of the pit of hell because Satan is the one behind it because they rejected God's moral code. Okay, let, let's, let's go on with this because I want to get to the scripture. Uh, well, I'll tell you where, where it is when we get there. It says, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts. That's what I'm just talking about. Uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. That's what I was just saying. The people, we have an open marriage. Oh, it's so much better. Oh, our marriage is so much happier. Oh, it's so great. But what they're doing is they are following the uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts and dishonoring their own bodies among themselves. That's verse 24, 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Here's the 25th verse. This is the one, I, 26th verse, the one I wanted to get to. For this reason, God gave, well, actually, this whole passage. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. See, that's why this whole, all this homosexuality and transgenderism is running rampant, because this is the biblical plague that is trying to take over our country. And it is like a biblical plague. It is not a plague that God has sent. It is a plague that human beings have created by what? Exchanging the truth of God for a lie, worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator, following their own uncleanness in the lust of their hearts and dishonoring their bodies among themselves and following their own vile passions. This is the result. Receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. You know, when AIDS came out, there were a lot of people who said, you know, AIDS was sent by God. I never believed that. When AIDS first broke and, you know, people were dying and AIDS was sent by God. I never believed that. God didn't need to send AIDS. What's this say? It says, receiving in themselves. And by the way, that word receiving is the word that means taking into themselves. We translate it receiving, but the Greek word, it, lambano is the root word. Apolambano is the, is, the, is the word that is used here specifically, and it means specifically to take into themselves. God's not giving them something, they're taking something. So you could, you could translate it quite accurately this way, 
taking into themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And those who sow to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. That's where AIDS comes from. It's not God. It's not God. It's man's intersection with, you want to talk about intersectionality? That's the real intersectionality of the left. Their intersectionality with the devil. It's about intercourse with him. It's about buying into to his vile vision for their lives. And then what happens is they sow the seeds of their own destruction and then they reap the penalty that's due. That's not Bishop Jackson giving you his opinion. That's Bishop Jackson giving you the word of God. Because I know there are people who will, you know, just go crazy over this, but go read it for yourself. Go read Romans chapter one, beginning at verse 18 for yourself. Read the whole chapter for that matter. So it says, beginning at 28th verse now, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, they don't like God because God tells them that their deeds are evil. Jesus said the same thing. He said, the world hates me because I testify to it that its deeds are evil. So the world hates me. The world hates Bishop E.W. Jackson. When I say the world, I mean the wicked system of things that is trying to envelop us. I know there are Christians out there who love me and appreciate me and respect me. I appreciate that. But the world system doesn't. And by the way, that can exist in Democrat Party, Republican Party, uh, Libertarians. I mean, it, it doesn't matter because if a person is not in agreement with God's word, then they're not going to like somebody like me who is committed to proclaiming that as the truth. So it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and here's the verse, God gave them over to a debased, or in the old covenant, reprobate, a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. A debased or reprobate mind. It means a mind that has been, that, that is far from God, far from his righteousness far from his holiness it means a mind that is twisted and perverted and spurious in its way of thinking says God gave them over to it in other words they were already heading in that direction and God just said okay and just let them go heading for their own destruction to do those things which are not unfitting look at this being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. 
Now, folks, I wanted to share that with you because that's the explanation of why we are where we are in our culture today. Now, I wish I had time to teach this as thoroughly as it really could be and needs to be from time to time taught. And maybe the Lord will lead me back to it. But God put this on my mind for this morning because I just reflecting on all the craziness we see. I mean, down at the border, for example, I'm against illegal immigration. I think it ought to be halted, stopped, period. And that we ought to have a zero tolerance policy because it's better for those families. It's better for those children than they're trying to get across the country into the country illegally and turning themselves over to human traffickers and cartels in order to do that. It has become a degenerate industry. Oh, Bishop, you don't have compassion for the stranger. Yes, I do. If I ran into a stranger, I ran into a foreigner, I would treat them with all the love, all the compassion that God has put in my heart. But we're talking now about policies for my country. And what I'm saying is when you've got human traffickers who will throw children into the river in order to escape and have their illegal immigrant slaves get across the border so that they can take advantage of them and use them and enslave them and put them in prostitution and put them in drug dealing and use them as mules and all that. And they're willing to drown children to distract border agents to go after the children, to try to save the children. And you've got an administration that knows this stuff is going on and won't even visit the border. Why? Because that's not, they're not, they don't care about those children. These people have a reprobate and debased mind. I'm talking about the administration of President Joe Biden. They have a reprobate and debased mind and they don't care about children drowning. They don't care about children being put into prostitution. They don't care about children being used in pedophile rings. They don't care about children being used as drug mules. They don't care about the families that are being torn asunder. What they care about is the future possibility of power through the people that they are allowing across the border and they don't care how they have to come here. They don't care what they have to go through to get here. They don't care that they're being sold into slavery, in effect. Because they have a debased mind to do those things which are unseemly. What's it say? Proud boasters. Oh, we've corrected everything the Trump administration did. Yeah, right. But we had gotten the border down to a manageable circumstance, and now we're in a crisis. 20,000 unaccompanied minors scattered around near the border and other places that we don't have any way of taking care of them. Because, we, because that's when our country is not designed to do that. We love and care for these children, but they don't belong here. They belong with their parents in their home country. Look, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving. There's no love in all that. They want to point to pe people who are against illegal immigration and say, well, we're not loving. We're not compassionate. My compassion is don't put people in a position where they're crossing vast swaths of desert, dying of thirst, dying of heat exhaustion, being killed for or raped because they fall into the wrong hands, drowning, trying to get across the Rio Grande, or being brought here and being made slaves because they owe ten to $40,000 for the privilege of being ushered across by these vicious human traffickers. 
I care about keeping people out of the clutches of these folks and not having children thrown in the river as a decoy. So if the child drowns, fine, as long as we get away. So I know I've gone from, the reason why I wanted to do this is it covers the gamut. This is not just about homosexuality and transgenderism and all of that craziness. It's about the whole of this godless, leftist, Marxist vision for the country and the desire to get whatever, to get all the power they can get by whatever means they can get it in order to turn America into a one-party state under their governorship, under really their totalitarian rule. That's what it boils down to. If you don't believe that, Facebook just banned the president, former president of the United States from being on Facebook. How can one company, with the vast reach it has, deny a former president of the right to speak to the American people and to the world? It's unprecedented. Facebook is not a private company. Facebook is an oligarchical company that is controlled by the Democrat Party. Yeah, let me say it again. Facebook is not a private company. That's a myth. Facebook is an oligarchical company controlled by the Democrat Party. They are doing the government's bidding. And they need to be broken up. Period. They need to be broken up. There's too much power in our constitutional republic in the hands of one person who has basically bought and paid for ideologically, if not monetarily, ideologically, bought and paid for, completely sold out to this godless, leftist, degenerate ideology that has taken over the Democrat Party, and they're going to use it to punish anybody who doesn't agree. So that's how we got where we are, folks. It's the rejection of God that is at the center of our crisis. And we are in a spiritual crisis, not a political crisis, a spiritual crisis. Therefore, it's spiritual and moral. But since politics is downstream of culture, if we can get the spiritual aspects of this corrected, we can get the culture corrected, and we can get the politics corrected. And I'm believing, God, that that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to happen through people like you and me speaking up, standing up, speaking up, standing up, stepping up, and speaking up and refusing to be silenced, refusing to be silenced. So listen, God bless each and every one of you. I know you may say, well, Bishop, you know, you're on Facebook, and I'll be on Facebook. The ability of a former president of the United States to communicate with the American people? I mean, really, that tells you all you need to know. I mean, I already knew it, but I'm sure you did too. But that tells us all we need to know. These people are not really Americans. Not, not, not in the heart sense. They're legal citizens. I'm not denying that. But not in the heart sense. They don't love our country. They love their money. They love their power. And they're globalists. They think somehow they're going to preside over a one world government of some kind. And, oh, we're going to bring everybody together. And we're going to put a chip in everybody so that we can follow everybody, you know. Just like Google's helping China to control its population. They'd love to help some worldwide government control us all. And it's not going to happen. Because we're going to put a stop to it. And I remember when I speak, I'm never, ever, 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 ever talking about violence, okay? So let's just get that straight, because I know the left will run all off the deep end. Oh, yeah, Bishop Jackson was calling for violence again. I, I never do. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought under obedience to Jesus Christ. Yeah, the weapons that we wield can't be seen, but they're more powerful than weapons that can be seen. Hallelujah. I got to go, folks. I'm over my time. Oh, my goodness. I'm five. I, I want to try to keep this to 45. I, I keep going over. But but here again, my country's in trouble and I've got to speak truth to you all and help you all understand what's going on and then maybe to better navigate. OK, what can I therefore do about it? So God bless you. In the meantime, remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's.